Welcome back to 20s and where to find them. I'm G. And I'm Lena. And this is a podcast about navigating the best and the worst period of your life. Your 20s. Join us as we discuss personal stories, lived experiences, and chat to you and others about this wild part of life. Woo! <laughs> we have a name! Woohoo! <laughs> um, I'd love to say we created it on our own, but... um. I think that would be a bit of a lie. Yeah, we had some <laughs> exterior help for that one, yeah. but it's okay. He said we could use it. Yeah, exactly. It's not copyrighted. It's fine. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, in name, that's exciting. Exciting yeah. step compared to last week. I agree. Yeah. Um, how's your week been? Have you had a good week? Give me a, give me a highlight, a low light, and a middle light. <laughs> mm, a middle light. <laughs> <laughs> Something average. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, low light. I think overall I've had a really bad mental health week. Mm-hmm. Um, so my low light I think was my brain. <laughs> my brain this week was just not not having a bar of it. My anxiety was pretty high. Yeah. Um, so that was just fun to ride the wave of that. <laughs> uh, highlight I would say was... Uh, look, trying out the running club that mm-hmm. we said we'd try out yep. was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Anxiety-inducing, <laughs> but it was fun. Like, I'm glad I did I'm glad yeah. we did it. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed it. I'll be back. It was yeah. good. It was good. Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and my middle light, uh, I guess, was, like, the days at home. I mm-hmm. feel like I this week was the first week of the summer break that I probably stayed at home a fair bit, so... I think I was the middle light, just doing things around the house, watching TV shows. Yeah. You know, just mundane, everyday things. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about mm. you, my friend? Um, I've had a pretty good week, I reckon. It's... Oh, well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's steadily um, climbed as I headed towards the weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty good week. I'd say my... I'll go the other way. I'll say okay. my highlight... I think we're seeing my um, friend Ellie, who lives a bit outside of Melbourne, this weekend. It was really nice to go see mm. her and where she lives. Um, and also, like a bonus <laughs> highlight is that I've been re-watching um, Doctor Who with Sam and just like reliving my childhood absolute hysteria for the show (laughs) 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 and honestly it's just been like a highlight of my last month um but yeah and then middle light um I don't know just like work I think just like boring (laughs) day to day like work has not been like bad but it's not been like good so I think it's been very middle yeah um and then low light is I got new aligners for my teeth um so if I sound a bit Weird, bit li- bit a bit lispy. Not that there's anything wrong with a lisp, <laughs> but um, if I sound a bit different to last week, that's why. And they've just been a little bit, a little bit tender on my teethies. I still think you sound beautiful. Thank you. And um, for like the first three days, I was just like really overstimulating. Like I can feel that my mouth feels different. Yeah. And um, that was just like not great for my ADHD. <laughs> I just kept getting really fixated on my mouth. <laughs> Does it feel like you're back in high school? Did you have um, braces in high school? I did have braces yeah. in high school. So, like, a, a tiny bit. Like, that, like, because um, you had braces as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that 
that ache you would get after they tighten your braces was like pretty similar to like the first day yeah. with these on. And I was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and Sam was like, what did you expect? I was like, for it not to hurt. Oh, God, the pain is <laughs> unlike any other pain I've ever experienced. But hopefully I'll have a beautiful, stunning smile in like five to eight months. And just a disclaimer, she already has a stunning smile. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, did we, I reckon in the spirit of um, the fact that we're still quite new mm. on mic and um, maybe some people still want to get to know us a little bit, yeah. I think... Did you want to do a one icebreaker question? I do. I also I just like had a really questions. good time with that last week. So did I. I was like, these are actually really good. I finally put mine in there today. So I'm, I almost don't want to pick one of mine. <laughs> oh, this is good. What instantly makes someone hot? Ooh. <laughs> I've, I've, my little bisexual brain is like hot girls, hot boys, different things going Very off. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like a suit. Oh, not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that's a little bit, um, uh, I don't know, probably like some internalised capitalism or something, but like, and maybe I've just been watching too much Doctor Who, but like, David Tennant in that suit is instantly becomes like a 10. Mm. And I think, I think that there are lots of people, boys and girls, that they put on maybe not just a suit, but like a an outfit that they like feel super confident in and you can tell like oh they've got like a cool sense of style or they're feeling really good about themselves I think that instantly makes someone hot mm. yeah. okay so we're so we're talking in appearance wise like or are we talking when I'm when we're talking to a human anything like yeah it can be personality or um appearance I was gonna say when they've got charisma mm. and they're very good at asking you questions about yourself yeah and then I guess it's not instantly because then remembering what you've said previously, I think yeah. that makes someone very attractive. Yeah. Um, but then I guess looks wise, it's very hard to, I don't know, it's very hard. I've realised I'm a big eyes person. Mm. I never thought I'd be that generic, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Blue eyes, apparently they really do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that goes like quite well with the charisma as well. I think yeah. like people that are confident and charismatic like they often have like very expressive eyes as well yes you can tell from their eyes i think yeah. eyes say a lot yeah absolutely okay i stand my ground on what i said <laughs> thank you for that That's all right. <laughs> great all right some asmr <laughs> me unfolding the paper what is your next tattoo and why so i thought i'd put that in there yeah uh, we both have tattoos we do um so my next one will be a manatee Oh, that's Just, cute. Yeah, Not to be confused with dugong, even <laughs> though they're apparently very similar, but they're native, I think, to Miami. And I recently went on a trip with my mum, and so I want to get a realistic manatee mm. on my shoulder blade um, just to symbolise that trip with my mum because it was quite special. That's cool. Yeah. Mine is tricky because when I got my most recent tattoo, I was like, maybe this will be my last one. Never. But I don't think so. <laughs> it's too addictive. I don't know. I'm very much like contemplating getting another one soon. There's a few artists that have their books open that I'm like thinking of sending a little message to. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm honestly a little bit torn. There's like a few different things I want at the moment and I kind of need to like work out which one I'll get next. I really like your native flowers that are on your forearm. 
um, and that artist as well. So I'm tempted to get something similar. Like um, I love natives and things and she does them really well. So maybe something like that. I just want something that kind of like wraps a little bit on my forearm. Mm. I think it'll be very cute. I was tossing up some kind of more sentimental ones earlier or a few months ago just because um, my parents have recently moved away and I was thinking yeah. about maybe getting like a little something that like is like family orientated around that. Um, That's very cute. But yeah, I don't know. But I also have this like tiny lightning bolt on my arm mm. here, um, which is like, you know, just a lightning bolt, but also a big Harry Potter nerd. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe on the exact same spot on my other elbow, I should get a little tiny Doctor Who tattoo. Just to just even to it really out. Know. <laughs> just so everyone knows how much of a nerd I am. Uh, so we'll see one of those ones. They will all appear one day. Yeah. It's never the end, though. No. I feel like you, tattoos are just once you get one, there's no going back. Yeah. Although I admire those people who are like, I can stop now. I don't know if they exist, yeah. though. <laughs> like, I'd love to know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've met maybe one or two people. But, yeah, they are addictive. I never believed people when they said that, but they definitely are. They definitely are. <laughs> yeah, they just they just make you feel really sexy. I feel like that's what makes me instantly hot. <laughs> <laughs> All my tattoos. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure my parents have something to say about that. Yeah, my, my gran isn't <laughs> the biggest fan of that. Yeah. Well. Nah, I, I reckon I converted my parents with some of my tattoos. They were like pretty like mm, why do you want them and then i like came home with the the flowers in the back of my mm. my arm and my dad was like it's actually pretty nice yeah. and i was like well yeah i'm not gonna get something ugly no exactly <laughs> it's, for me, it's for with me for life yeah yeah no all right shall we get stuck into this week's to do this week's topic yeah. yeah we're talking about living arrangements and situations throughout our 20s so far mm-hmm this is one we want to do because, you know, everyone has so many different experiences of where and who they choose to live with in their mm. 20s. And I think it's, like, a big part uh, realistically and also, like, in, like, popular culture of, um, you know, that's a big part that shapes your young adulthood is, like, you know, whether you live on campus at a college or a uni or, like, with uh, some friends in a share house or a partner yeah. Um, or a bit more Australian-centric. I think it's a lot more common here to live at home for a while. So we wanted to delve a bit deeper into all of that and the things that go with it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I live with my partner and we've lived in a little apartment together for the last basically a year today, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Look at <laughs> it. <Yep>. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, I've lived in a couple of um, apartments or units with just one other friend mm. or friend of a friend. Um, so I've never done like the big share house thing or living at a university, except for a really small period of time doing a summer program. And then, yeah, before that, like, sort of while I was at university, I was at home. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, except for, like, a really brief three months of my life where I did live in a share house with um, my ex-boyfriend and three other friends, but I think I, like, mentally <laughs> blocked that <laughs> from my memory. That's, that's totally fair. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a, a little blip in my housing 20s history. 
Sophia, how about you? I like that you've worked your way backwards. I know. I'm going <laughs> to work my way forwards. My background is very much... I like to think I can't stay in one place too long. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll understand that when I tell you where I've lived. <laughs> my parents moved around a lot when I was little. And so we never really stayed in one place too long. Um, but I lived at home until about the age of 21 until my parents decided to move <laughs> overseas. So I didn't really have a choice there. <laughs> and that's when I started living with one of my brothers in an apartment. And look, that wasn't my ideal situation. <laughs> uh, we're very different. He stays in his room most of the time. And I just felt like I was mothering him <laughs> a lot of the time. So it wasn't ideal. <laughs> and that was throughout my master's. So then once I got my full-time teaching job, I was like, cool, I can afford to live by myself. And that was good in theory, but then our good old friend COVID <laughs> came along and, you know, our government hadn't quite yet figured out that, oh, there are people who live alone mm. and don't have partners and they're just alone. <laughs> like, yeah. no one's coming to see them. Yeah. And then in that, I had my own blip where I moved in with my best friend at the time for a short period of time. And again, never again. Mm. I really learned to not live with just one other person. And that did end up leading to our friendship breakup, which we can go into another episode. <laughs> <laughs> on that and then after I that little blip I moved back into my apartment and I was like I really want to do something else with my life after that so I'm going to move into a share house I gotta say the share house is probably my absolute favorite I really enjoyed the people I lived with I did live with one of my closest friends but we also lived with her brother and another person so mm. it balanced itself out and then that was a year of living there and then I moved to Canada to live with my parents, so going <laughs> backwards. <laughs> and it's different living with your parents as an adult. Yeah. But it felt quite nice having your mum do your laundry <laughs> and like having home-cooked meals and everything like that. And now I'm just by myself again in a two-bedroom apartment this time around. With Jasper, your With cap. my Jasper, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that is something... Regret is like too strong of a word, but mm. something I do wish I had maybe experienced firsthand would be living in like a bigger share house rather than yep. just one person. Um, I did get like a little taste of it, I guess, in 2021 when my partner was living in a share house with three others. And because it was most of 2021, we were in and out of COVID lockdowns, got to still see him as my partner and his housemates and one of them had a partner as well so we were very fortunate in um the fact that we were allowed to have six people in a house which felt like a huge like amount of illegal, people like at the time yeah. <laughs> but um yeah very legal but um that was quite nice because I think for like that little while we didn't really have much of a choice other than to be each other's like pseudo housemates yeah. um but I guess I was also kind of cheating because I didn't have to put up with sharing a kitchen with like five people and things like that most of the time. So, yeah, Which was, I think, my con <laughs> share house. I yeah. really... It's just living with a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love my friend's brother. I love him to bits. But the kitchen was always a mess. Mm. So when I'd want to go cook something, I couldn't because I'd have to wash all his dishes first to then properly use the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting you say that. I reckon some of my most positive experiences living with other people were when I was living with a boy. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, one of those boys has obviously been my partner, so it's a little bit of a different dynamic. And then, but, yeah, the first um, house I lived in outside of home was with um, a friend of a friend who was 
a boy. <laughs> and I was actually really easy. I reckon given that it was like a one-on-one situation, it was a lot less emotionally intense than I found living with other women. Yeah. And then like, that's a little bit of a generalisation, but I think like that coupled with the fact that we weren't first-hand friends, it took like a lot of pressure off. It didn't feel like we particularly owed each other anything other than being like pleasant people to live with. Yeah. Um, and then he's just the kind of guy that was quite neat and tidy anyway, quite quiet and kept to himself a yeah. fair bit, but also was super friendly and, like, we would, you know, occasionally have dinner together and stuff, but it wasn't that pressure of, like, living with someone that you're already friends with. Yeah, and I think that's the key that I've learned throughout my own experiences mm. is just don't live with a friend. <laughs> like, in a friend with a sh- in a share house, yeah. absolutely. But if you think that living with your best friend is going to, like, make your friendship better look it might it (laughs) might but in most cases I find that it probably makes it worse yeah Um, just because you're so emotionally entangled into Mm. one another I'd definitely be interested like if anyone has lived with their best friend and has a different experience where it actually made them a lot closer Mm. Uh, I've definitely heard more negative experiences than positive (laughs) I'd love to hear a positive one for sure yeah like I've heard your experience and then I would say like I lived, the two girls I lived with, they were my close friends and I'd say I'm still friends with both of them now but definitely living with them, it was harder. It was harder to be close friends with them and live with them than it is to be friends with them now and not yeah. live with them. Yeah. yeah. But then I have a friend who lives in a share house and she lived with her best friend in that share house for the longest time. But it's yeah. because there were other people there as well. I think that's it. I think that other people provide like that dissipation yeah is that a word that's a word i use it (laughs) (laughs) it just means that like if someone's having a shit day yeah it's not all on you to hear about it or give advice or put up with someone's like crappy mood or whatever if you don't want to like it's either something everyone can share the load of or maybe you only cop the bad end of it like you know every couple of months rather than every time it happens yeah and also i think like both times I lived with girlfriends was during COVID. So that was an extra layer of hard. Yeah, I got to know my housemates in the share house very well. Mm. We spent a lot of movie nights. We watched all of Lord of the Rings. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so And Harry Potter. We did all, yeah. all yeah. the sequels. <laughs> but it was still my favourite. I think it was good to live near nature as well mm. and just pay less rent way less rent yeah what was your favorite my favorite's living with sam i know it's a bit (laughs) soppy but uh (laughs) i think honestly particularly given my previous experience of very briefly living with a partner which yeah was sort of entangled up with um our relationship was coming to an end at that time anyway so it was a bit of a shit time to Mm. live together but having that sort of as a little bit of a comparison point and then this has gone so smoothly yeah I think really makes me appreciative of the qualities that me and Sam have in our relationship and that they don't cause issues living together it's just kind of streamlined things I know that sounds very like clinical (laughs) but it makes life easier when you don't have to go to two houses um, and have half your shit in yeah. your own house and then lug around a bag full of stuff just so you can go to work from your partner's house and things like that I think just take the stress off and you know like we don't have kids or anything so it's just like our house is our little bubble and mm-hmm. if we want to spend quality time together there we often do whether that's just like watching tv and 
hanging out, but also we're both very good at respecting each other's personal space. Yeah. Probably um, Sam's better at that than me. <laughs> I'm a bit more annoying. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it just seems to work well and that's my favourite. I think as well, like, it sounds a bit cheesy, but, you know, he's my best friend too. So I like living with that and not having, I guess, the pressure of that mm. friendship being platonic and competing with other people. Yeah. It's just nice. It's nice to come home to your, yeah. your, your mate. It's very nice. A mate that you share a bed with. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps it warm. Too warm sometimes, but... <laughs> I'm really not there yet. The <laughs> idea of sharing a bed with someone every day. <laughs> 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 it's good in winter. Summer's a bit hot. Yeah. <laughs> Boys are... Well, I don't understand why they're so much warmer. Yeah, they're, they are. They do run yeah. hot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what would um bit of a mm. random question that just popped up in my brain yeah what would you say to someone who's just who's around our age mm. and has options so they could live by themselves they could live in a share house let's say they don't have a partner yeah or they could live with one other person mm. what would you mm. give your advice I think it's very like my advice would be reflect on your situation mm. and on your top wants and needs as a yeah. person. So like I know for me, I personally would really struggle to live alone because I'm quite an extroverted person and I know my current work situation, I would do like one or two days at home. So that means I'd potentially be alone like for 24 hours. And I know that for me, that would drive me insane. So I'd like cross living on my own off the list but equally if that person was like I know I'm like a really big introvert I struggle with like loud environments or you know I do shift work or something like you know then maybe like living with just one person or on their own would be better but yeah I think I just you know do a bit of personal (laughs) reflection because I know that's something I'm not always the best at I just like kind of go like oh that sounds like a great idea and then you do it and you realize you haven't really thought about it that much (laughs) that's what happened when I moved in with my friend yeah exactly and think about who you're gonna live with because I think if you're gonna live with just one other person you've got to be pretty sure that it's gonna be pretty easy yeah my experience if you live with someone who's quite similar to you in terms of emotions and volatility Mm. it can be quite chaotic and quite bad because I just take on other people's emotions so Mm. say they were sad I'd then be sad and would want to try and fix it (laughs) (laughs) and that's just not good yeah all right I've got a question for you as soon as you lived with your parents really recently Mm. and you were like 24 or 25 when you were doing that yeah what advice would you give someone who's either gonna move back home soon to live with their parents and maybe they're like in the middle of their 20s or they've always lived at home and they're like around a similar age as well what's like your advice for creating healthy boundaries so you can still feel like an independent adult yeah in that environment it's really hard when I first got to their place um it was hard to find my own space like I had Mm. my bedroom yeah but it was hard to make it my own and because I just didn't have any of my things really so I really had to make my bedroom my safe space Mm mm-hmm then they gave me my own key, which also <laughs> is good. <laughs> You're free to roam. <laughs> I'm free to roam. But I think as long as you have good communication with your parents, it's 
fine. But then when things like mum would make me dinner, Mm -hmm. I had to tell her in advance, like if I had plans. I wasn't able to be as spontaneous as I usually am in Mm -hmm. Melbourne, Mm -hmm. where a friend will message me being like, hey, do you want to grab dinner tonight? I would have to say no, because mum has already (laughs) counted my portion in the meal. Yeah. So things like that. But if your parents don't cook for you, then that's not an issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because mum is very big on the cooking homemade that was a thing but then if I was going on dates or anything like that I would just tell them because I didn't want to feel like a teenager lying yeah. to mum and dad yeah again I was just like mm. I've been there done that <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> um I was just like yep I'm going out mm. to this place I'm doing this and it was fine yeah good so I think be clear about what you're looking for out of living back at home Mm. and if it's to save a house which I think is what a lot of people tend to do make it your space however you can and then remember that it's not a forever thing like there's a reason you're living at home and your reason is because you are doing xyz yeah 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 absolutely that's really good advice thank you yeah speaking of advice Mm -hmm. do we want to listen to some of our notes from our yes, listeners. We do. What we've done is we've asked a couple of people a similar kind of question about living situation at the moment and um, about living with other people. And yeah, I thought we can have have a listen yeah. and we can maybe talk about what they've said, what you think. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay, so I'm going to listen to um, some voice messages yeah. from um, a couple of listeners. And so for context, we asked a couple of them what the current living situation is and a deal breaker for living with a housemate, either, you know, when you're searching for a new housemate or um, maybe you're already living with them and you're like, ah, oh, shit, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Currently, I'm living in a two-bedroom apartment in South Yarra with a roommate who I met on flatmates.com, who is also a female of a similar age, Um, although in three weeks, I will be moving home to my parents' house in Cranbourne. I'll be living in my old bedroom and uh, just doing that to save a bit of money to either travel or maybe save for a house deposit. Great. I really admire people whose parents are in the country. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I would love to be able to live back home and save money for a house. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mum and Dad. Yeah, my <laughs> parents also live interstate, so that's kind of out of the question for me yeah. too. I could move to regional New South Wales, but um, I don't think I'd be saving much money. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Um, but go to the same listener um, and listen to her deal breaker yep. for a housemate first. The biggest deal breaker for me in a roommate is someone who can't communicate. I think pretty much every other issue can be resolved if someone can communicate well, uh, express their point of view and take on, understand my point of view. I'm guilty of that. (laughs) I'll admit it. Not that I'm a bad communicator, but I don't like confrontation. So if something has irked me, I will not tell the person and keep it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) And then resentment builds. (laughs) That's fair. I think I definitely agree with that listener. Um, Mm. I think it's a big, big thing for me, not only in roommates, but also just like in friendships and relationships. But I also agree with you. I think I've definitely been guilty of not communicating with housemates exactly how I'm feeling or what I want 
from the situation for a couple of different reasons. I think, you know, sometimes I've known that they've said something to someone else about me and, like, I don't know how to, you know, raise that with them even though... I now know what they're feeling. Mm. But then equally, like, I have, you know, been sitting on things that have maybe been, like, upsetting me or annoying me and then haven't said that for for various reasons. I think sometimes there was, like, a bit of a power dynamic in one situation that I was living in. Yeah, I think when you can, definitely communication is king. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's... Maybe we can both work on that. Add it to the goals. Yeah. All right, I've got another one. My current living status is that I live alone and an instant red flag for a prospective housemate or a current housemate would be when they leave one sheet of toilet paper on the roll or take all of the sheets of toilet paper off and leave the roll there and do not replace it. Yes. Thank you. Someone said it. I agree. <laughs> um, in the, you know, spirit of being honest, definitely guilty of that one. Georgia! Which is the worst. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to blame it on being an only child. I never sh- shared a bathroom growing up. <laughs> it's just me. So, um, yeah, uh, something that I'll work on. I mean, I do it, but I live alone, so. Well, exactly. I think if you live alone, it's not an issue. So I'll just say I was learning. <laughs> So this one, I asked this listener what she preferred between living in a share house or living alone. Okay. Because she's done both. Cool. I like that. There are benefits to both. I really liked living alone because of the freedom. Like I didn't need to answer to anyone. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) And also if I didn't want to leave my apartment that day, like I never felt like I was like judged or anything. Um, However, I think living alone... Like, you're not dividing up the chores, and I think that makes it a little bit harder. Like, and obviously bills, so I think everything is responsible for one person. And I think that that sometimes was um, felt like an added burden, I think. Whereas I loved living in the share house because it just felt... Usually it's a bit more equal in terms of, like, divvying up the, the chores, but also, like, you always had somebody that you can talk to at the end of the day, and talk about your day whereas I think when you live alone you've got to be a bit more active in um reaching out to other people um which is not something I'm always very good at (laughs) yeah oh that's a good bit of data as well I've never lived on my own but everyone I know that does live on their own always cites that as the biggest downfall it's like oh you pay $70 for your internet but you split it with your boyfriend or your housemate or three housemates whereas when you're on your own obviously that $70 is coming straight Straight. out of your paycheck (laughs) and I agree with the burden of everything falls on you like Mm. I am responsible for everything and during the pandemic that was really hard because I was balancing work but then I also had to like do everything for myself all at home in the one space and it was just a lot the emotional burden is quite heavy absolutely I think when you share that um definitely makes a difference but devil's advocate I think when you live with other people um and maybe this is a little bit of my personality where I tend to I like a bit of like being in control Mm -hmm. like you know my teachers in high school said have natural leadership qualities (laughs) (laughs) So I think when I live with others, including living with my partner, I'm often the one that's like, these are the chores we have to do, or this is when our bills are due. And that's an added emotional piece of labour. Yes. That, yeah, that's like telling other people what to do or reminding other people can be also really exhausting. Yeah. 
Whereas when I just have to look after myself, um, I just have to remind me. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Reminding yeah. other people is also exhausting and stressful. Yeah. All right, I think we have one more. G'day, g'day. My name is Sam. My, um, my current living arrangement, I live in a wonderful two-bedroom apartment with uh, my long-term partner now, who shall remain nameless for the sake of this. Um, <laughs> So my, probably my number one pet peeve, I reckon, of, of housemates and people I've lived with previously, just people who don't have the the awareness to know when I want to have a chat and when I'm keen to, to hang out and when I just want to be left alone. Like if I come downstairs and I've got my headphones on and I'm just like bopping away in my own world, it's probably not the best time to tap me on the shoulder and say some random fact about I don't know, just picking it random, like Doctor Who or, or Harry Potter or something like that. Like, I kind of just want to be on my own space for a bit and it'd be nice if I could just do that, you know? Well, I feel personally attacked by that one. <laughs> that was very attacking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like someone can't listen to instructions when I say you don't need to put your name at the start of your recording. <laughs> But anyway, I do think, in fairness, that is something that particularly those introverts out there, they do like to have that own space. And obviously in your home, like even though I'm a very big extrovert, obviously I still understand your own time and having your own space. And like home is one of those. And to be honest, that's something I found hard about living with my parents was like knowing when other people knowing when you you don't want to have a conversation. Like coming home from, is even like as a teenager, like coming home from school and someone being like, oh, how was your day? What did you do? Blah, blah. And that classic of like, I, I don't want to talk about it right now. But if someone else wants to talk, like you have to balance like not being yeah. rude. And that can be hard when it's in your, yeah. your own home. Yeah. All I'm hearing is living alone is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take your word for it. <laughs> I'm just scared of the dark, to be honest. Yeah, when there's weird noises it gets a bit scary but I have a cat so it's fine <laughs> yeah okay he'll protect <laughs> me <laughs> just he'll hide under the bed he will he's <laughs> pretty useless yeah well um thanks to all our contributing listeners love you very dearly and yeah there'll be a way for people to do that in the future probably to start with I think it might be through our socials um yeah. and we might put up different polls or little um questions so that you can we can hear your experiences of your 20s too because that's really what this, this whole thing is about <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah all right shall we wrap, wrap it, it up, up? <laughs> wow you can read my mind <laughs> So clever. It's a good thing you chose me to do this with. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my device has died, so. Okay. Well, do you have any recommendations for oh. this week? Yeah. Yes, I do, actually. Okay. I thought of it earlier. Didn't write it down, but I've got it in my brain. That's good. <laughs> I um, absolutely devoured last week and a book. I listened to it as an audiobook. It was called In Order to Live by Yomi Park. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's a de facto from North Korea. So the book is like a, is a little bit old now and I think she actually might have a new book coming out soon as well. But basically tells the story of her life from childhood to about when she was was 22 and obviously the hardships of her life 
in North Korea and then she escapes through China and that brings a whole realm of other things that I didn't even know faced people that make that journey and then eventually, yeah, her life as a free woman. And I thought it was a good recommendation for this if that's something people are interested in. It's obviously super different from our lives here in Australia and other parts of very privileged free countries but it really did make me think of like how lucky we are to experience our youth in complete freedom and as much as that can feel overwhelming sometimes obviously having those extreme experiences of trauma and terror are not something that's part of um, most of our lives so I felt it made me feel very grateful and it was also just super interesting so that's my recommendation. I'm gonna borrow that off you yeah because I need a new book. (laughs) My recommendation is not as educational. (laughs) Um, Cold showers. Oh, I like that kind of. I don't know. Cold showers scare me, but I like that that's very different to a book. Go on. Um, I'm a big advocate for a morning mental health walk. I Mm. usually do that every morning. And then straight after that, I take a cold shower. And it was very hard. And look, it's in the middle of summer at the moment, so it's it's a little bit easier. (laughs) But I just find that on days where my brain wakes up really foggy Mm. and I know I'm not going to have a good day, at least when I take a cold shower, I feel like I have some sort of clarity and it might be the effect of the cold hitting your body Mm. that like bursts you awake a little bit more. But I love them. Cool. And I stay under for like, two minutes <gasps> that's so long <laughs> but because it's summer it's fine <laughs> like the water is not that cold <laughs> i'm scared but i'll i'll give an update in like four months time when <laughs> melbourne winter rings yeah. its head do you then go straight into a hot shower no <gasps> just cold and then just you turn cold. it off yep. oh my god and like if i am taking a hot shower mm. sometimes i haven't done this regularly enough but sometimes I like whip it to cold and end my shower on cold. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. I think usually just to bully myself out of the shower. But um, <laughs> I do respect and have heard from a lot of people yeah. that like that is actually like scientifically backed that cold showers are very good for your mental health and mm. something about breath work and control. Yeah. Um, can be very like meditative and good if you can get the hang of it. I'm not sure I can stomach two minutes, but maybe I'll try like. Try 30, 30 seconds, seconds. Yeah. yeah yeah i feel like i just have like past trauma from ice baths <laughs> i want to try an ice bath i have a love-hate relationship with ice baths yeah like i think as a runner <laughs> i yeah. feel like a bit of a phony saying that but i have done some big running events in the past and as part of training i have done some ice baths and look they do make you feel so much better but fuck they're hard like yeah, sitting bet. in them for 10 minutes is like is really hard socks though that is the key to a good ice bath put on socks put on socks it sounds gross because the wet socks ick but it just keeps your like feet that little bit warmer that you don't get that like burning pain in your in your feet anyway something for you to try at home well there you go (laughs) cold chow and ice baths team (laughs) sounds good um do we want to try a challenge for the next week as long as it's not you challenging me to a fucking cold shower We'll try that another time. We can put that to the side for now. But yeah, I'm Um, open. Always love a challenge. I had one in mind, but then my phone popped up. You know how every week on iPhone you have your like screen time? Yep, yep. And mine has just progressively gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And I just want to do something about it. So I'm setting a challenge to me and you to reduce that screen time. And I'm going to call myself out. Mine's on five hours and 30 minutes a day. I'm going to look at mine right now, how I do that. I'm a, I'm a bit of a boomer when it comes to my phone. Uh, no offence, boomers. <laughs> yeah, no offence, but I'm sure some of them are better than me. I don't know how to make a 
real thing on Instagram. <laughs> I tried several times, unsuccessfully. Oh, mine's four hours and seven minutes. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what I've been doing. <laughs> I haven't been working, that's why. Yeah, fair. So the challenge I set is to reduce that. Okay. I'm not going to give us a uh, time, mm-hmm. like to reduce it by, Yeah. but to just reduce it. Okay. I like it. Yeah. That's good. I also need to do the same. So I appreciate the challenge and I accept the challenge. Thank you. And Particularly because I have my like Instagram on like a block out timer thing. Yeah. So I think it's set at like 30 minutes a day and I almost always exceed it. And then I've gotten into the really bad habit of just overriding it like multiple times. So I really want to stop that because I used to be really good about it. I used to be like, oh, it's done. I won't use it. Um, but yeah, so accepted. Done. Report back next week. Yeah. All right. I look forward to this. Good job. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded at the Victorian State Library on Rwandri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.